the world we know is changing. I'm Moira Gunn, and welcome to Biotech Nation. Head and neck cancers are among the most difficult to treat. And once all available treatment options have been exhausted, what then? Today, I'm speaking with one company that is focusing on exactly that challenge. Dr. Mark Newman is the Chief Scientific Officer of Geovax. Well, Dr. Newman, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Now, head and neck cancers, like all cancers, there are many steps in the treatment journey. You know, wherever possible, there's the surgical removal of tumors, radiation, chemotherapy. And unfortunately for some patients, they come to the end of possibilities. They have a solid tumor or even multiple tumors, which either can't be removed or removing them would cause tremendous compromise. That could be aesthetically and or functionally, and so the tumors are left in place. Now, this is exactly the area in which Geovax is working. What is Geovax doing? Geovax is developing a two-component therapy, which is based on an enzyme, and this enzyme is delivered directly to the tumor by a needle injection, and then it's followed with an infusion of a drug called Fludera or Fludarabine, which is actually an relatively inactivated or inactive form of a chemotherapeutic drug. When you put the enzyme and this inactive form of the drug together, the drug is processed. The active drug is then toxic to the tumors. So it's a product which is designed for late stage treatment, as you mentioned, uh, uh, but and it requires that we can actually inject tumors. It mediates direct killing and direct shrinkage of the tumors if successful. So now let me ask you this. If you just took the inactive chemotherapy without the enzyme, what would happen? So the inactive chemotherapy is designed for blood cancers, and it's not active against solid tumors unless it's processed by the enzyme. So it's just cleared by the body over time. And then if you took the, the enzyme and you received that injection and you didn't get the inactive chemotherapy, what would happen? It would have no effect. It would just sit there over time, be cleared by the cells that were injected. Now, it's my understanding that many of the horrible side effects we attribute to chemotherapy, a hair loss, tremendous fatigue, etc., are caused by the chemotherapy also killing normal cells in addition to the cancerous cells. So the idea here is to avoid some of those side effects as well? Exactly. Chemotherapy interferes with cell replication or cell growth. And so hair is growing. So this is why chemotherapy will, will cause hair growth to stop. This approach does not, doesn't function through that mechanism. So it can, it can attack tumors or cause cell death for tumors that are not growing or that are growing uh, actively. And it's only at the site of injection. You've put the enzyme right where you want it. So it's only attacking or it's only being produced at the site of the tumor. So you're limiting the toxicity, you know, the side effects that you would normally see through a systemic administration of a chemotherapeutic drug. Now, uh, Geovax is just at the end of phase two in the phase one, two, three path to an approved drug. So let's talk about those uh, clinical trials. 
phase one, what, what did you do in phase one? So phase one studies are always based on therapy uh, or safety of the therapy. So we did a dose escalation study where we looked at increasing the dose of the enzyme that was delivered and then combining that with increased doses of the uh, chemotherapeutic drug that was being delivered. And what we found is that the high dose of the enzyme and the higher dose of the drug, that combination work best at uh, controlling or reducing tumors. Uh, all of the treatments seem to impact tumor growth to some degree, but it was the higher doses that actually cause tumor shrinkage. I'm still, I'm still taking in all of this and thinking, okay, these are patients who have had multiple treatments, all kinds of things, surgery, chemo, radiation, so we're dealing with the cancer here and with tumors that have, have been, and bodies, the, the human body, which has suffered a lot of treatments. Yes, that, that's, that's a sad truth, right? It's, it's uh, especially chemotherapy. It's got a lot of side effects and radiation as well. So keeping it localized uh, while being totally or, or highly effective is really the key to this treatment. So you learned in phase one that the higher doses were better. So obviously, this is what led you into the current phase two. How is phase two different? So phase two is an expansion of phase one. Again, it's 10 more patients. It's being run uh, under a program with the FDA uh, and FDA funding. It's testing the higher dose uh, of the products. Uh, and we're looking at it, it really focusing more on the effect uh, the, the tumor shrinkage. Um, again, you, you always follow safety in these early steps. Uh, so we're, we're focusing on that. But assuming that we can hit a statistically significant reduction in tumor cell growth, then we'll discuss this with the FDA about what would it take to actually prove uh, or, you know, to a reasonable doubt that this product is safe and effective uh, and what would a phase three trial be designed? Uh, design? What would that look like? So that's the next step. Um, it's always you look at safety for the first step. That's your phase one. Then you focus on your dosing uh, and your regimens, um, however you want to look at it, how you're administering it, what doses for the second. And then you increase the studies in your phase three to have significant numbers to prove that you're having a positive effect. Now, I know that these phase two trials, you're anticipating completion in, in early 2024, so that's not that far away. My question to you is, since some of these patients will be treated multiple times during that space, is this because they have one very large tumor, they have multiple tumors? What is the difference in how you're treating that now? Well, so first of all, how well is the treatment tolerated? And so that's both physical and mental, right? The the patient needs is is if the patient is willing to continue doing multiple treatments, we know that we can go up to five cycles of therapy uh, safely. Um, but at the same time, if if we don't see an effect after let's say the third or the fourth administration you know, a patient might get discouraged and decide to quit. You might see additional tumors showing up that you didn't know were, were there before, uh, and then you would want to, to potentially do another cycle. 
you know, the goal here is if this works in this particular set of patients, we would expand the trial to even look at smaller tumors and potentially, you know, more diverse sites, but still focusing on the head and neck um, cancer of patients. Do we know anything yet about the success of these treatments? So we, we had a, a positive response of a tumor shrinkage in the phase one and the phase two. We're seeing a stable disease, meaning we're stopping progression, uh, or in, we're seeing a reduction in tumors in some of the patients. Um, so this is, it, it, it is, it's, re, it's, re, it's confirming what we saw in the phase one trial uh, with the higher numbers. Now, I have to say that these clinical trials are about proving a concept here about injecting this enzyme and infusing the uh, inactive chemotherapy. But there's more to this concept, is there not? Well, there is. This is the first step. This is designed as will be referred to as palliative care. So you're controlling pain and buying time. But the next step, and really what we're hoping for, is that as you destroy tumors, they release tumor-specific antigens, or neoantigens is the term that's used in the business. So these are, these are products that your immune system will recognize as being foreign. One of the reasons that we don't suffer cancer every day is that the immune system recognizes tumor cells and destroys them very early on, continually clears your body of tumor cells. So when you actually get cancer, it's because, you know, these particular tumor or particular cells have escaped immune pressure. If you can destroy the tumor, you can potentially reactivate the immune system. This is, uh, this is kind of the, this is the basis. This is the mechanism behind drugs like Etruda and Optiva. What they do is allow or push the immune system back into action, allow it to continually function against the, the, the uh, tumors. So destruction of a tumor would essentially be a vaccine. You're inducing the response you would do this, take this in combination with Keytruda or Optivo to augment or increase that response and get a, a next level. So cancer treatments are always multiple steps. You add a new product, you add a new product, and this is where this might fit in. It certainly is, uh, it fits well as a combination product because it's a new class of drug. It's attacking tumors in a new way. So it's a, a combination therapy makes a lot of sense. Okay, so now this was not designed just for head and neck cancers. That's your first uh, opportunity, if you will, that you're studying. Where else might it be used? Right, so head and neck cancers are readily accessible by a needle injection, right? You can, you can see or you can feel them. So they're, they're a, a a product or a tumor type that can be targeted through the needle injection. But with imaging and, you know, fluoroscopes and things like this, you can actually put a needle into a lot of different parts of the body. So this could be moved into pretty much any tumor type. We refer to this as being tumor agnostic because the tumor doesn't have to be rapidly growing and it doesn't have to be a particular tumor type. We're not targeting a genetic mutation like some of the personalized medicines. So if you can put a needle into this particular tumor site, then it would be amenable for use or treatment. 
Now, let me ask you this. This is maybe a little tricky here. So you inject the enzyme into a tumor and the inactive chemotherapy comes along, becomes active then and kills cells in the tumor. If those cells are of different types, slightly different types, does that mean you can get an immune response to different types of cancer within your tumor? Well, tumors are not normal tissue types, right? They're not a normal cell. Um, how much variation you would get within a cancer cell is kind of a personal thing. It might be different for, for different people. Um, so, But the tumor itself is not a normal cell type. And that's what you're targeting. You're tar- when you target it through the immune response, you're targeting the abnormal part of that. You, it's usually a genetic mutation, uh, something, you know, something like that. So to bring this around, uh, if while you are looking at tumors, and as you say, over time, you might discover new tumors uh, going on, if the immune system becomes robust with regard to your tumor cells, you might not have to treat all the tumors individually, right? Because your immune system is systemic. It's seeing it wherever it happens to be. Exactly. That's the goal here, is that you would treat a tumor that is readily accessible, one you can see and feel, and that you would induce an immune response. And that immune response would then find the smaller tumors or the metastases as they're referred to, and, and you know, give you a systemic response, something that would pick up tumors at distal sites in the body. Well, Dr. Newman, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you'll come back and see us again. Please, uh, we have a lot going on here at GeoVax. My guest today is Dr. Mark Newman, the Chief Scientific Officer of GeoVax. More information is available at geovax.com. That's geo, G-E-O, vax, V-A-X, geovax.com. Listen to more biotech podcasts at biotechnation.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Biotech Nation is a regular feature of the weekly public radio program, Tech Nation. Listen to the full show via podcast or on your local public radio station. For Biotech Nation, I'm Moira Gunn.